Well, hey there, freaks. It's your boy Marty here to introduce this rabbit hole recap rip. Matt and I had an early rip today. A little Thursday afternoon surprise for you freaks. And it's brought to you by our good friends at BitcoinBlackFriday.com. Bitcoin Black Friday is a project brought to you to the team behind Bitcoin Magazine in the Bitcoin 2021 conference in LA, which I will actually be speaking at on behalf of Great American Mining. A lot of interesting stuff going on in the mining world. I will be speaking there, Bitcoin 2021 conference in LA, but we're here to talk about Bitcoin Black Friday, which is happening next week. It's a celebration of the growing Bitcoin economy. Uh, if you go to BitcoinBlackFriday.com, you're going to find active deals for up to 50% off your favorite Bitcoin gear and other merchants that accept Bitcoin. It doesn't stop there, however. They're going to list 65 charities and more than that uh, that you can support with Bitcoin in a stacking sats page where you can learn great ways to earn Bitcoin. Uh, if you're a Bitcoin accepting merchant and you're not on the BitcoinBlackFriday.com list, go to BitcoinBlackFriday.com. Uh, apply to get on the list with a deal. And if you want to take advantage of the discounts and sats, stacking opportunities sign up for the email updates at bitcoinblackfriday.com uh the much awaited bitcoin back reward card from fold is almost here and the team has teamed up with the bitcoin black friday guys to bring you a special promo for the much awaited sat back card uh so if you sign up for early access to the fold card on bitcoinblackfriday.com you're going to be entered in a raffle to win a whole bitcoin a whole 100 million sats uh so go to bitcoinblackfriday.com right now Sign up for the Fold Bitcoin Rewards card to enter your chance to win 100 million sats. While you're at it, check out the other great deals from awesome merchants like Cold Card, Unchained, Bitcoin Magazine, MyNode, Cobovolt, Ledger, Bavada, and many more. Go check them out, BitcoinBlackFriday.com. This rip's also brought to you by our very, very, very good friends at UnchainedCapital.com. UnchainedCapital.com, it's Unchained-Capital.com, but they're not a dot-com company. There's Unchained Capital. And they're offering you freaks a white glove concierge service that'll take you from zero to a multi-sig vault in no time. Basically, what, what happens is a $1,500 service. With that, you get two hardware wallets, uh, video conferences with the Unchained team to get comfortable with multi-sig with the vault product uh, to, and to answer any questions you may have. And then you set up your multi-sig vault in which you hold two or three keys and Unchained holds one and you dump $1,000 worth of Bitcoin into the vault uh, so it's $1,500 package. If you tell them that TFTC sent you, you're going to get $50 off that package. So it'll be $1,450 for you. Uh, on top of that, they've, uh, their collateralized loan program, they're building their OTC desk. Uh, if you're a high net worth individual looking to stack sats in bulk, uh, Unchained's OTC desk can do that for you. Uh, check to see if it is available in your state. And go check out all their incredible content. Parker Lewis is gradually and suddenly Drew Bonsall's content on HODL waves and Bitcoin in space. Uh, Buck Purley writing about the products being built at Unchained and in the Bitcoin space, what you can do with Lightning, a bunch of other stuff. www.unchained-capital.com. Check it all out. We're going to have a link to the concierge service to go from zero to multi-sig vault in the show notes. This rip was also brought to you by good friends at the motherfucking Woo! Cash App, easiest place to stack sats. You can stack sats, send sats, sell sats, receive sats. And we're saying sats, 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 because you can make sats the standard within the Cash App. There's no longer stacking fractions of Bitcoin. We're stacking whole sats, hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions, tens of millions if you're a baller, hundreds of millions if you're a god. 
getting more expensive. One sat is less than $6,000. Or excuse me. Ha, huh, I wish. Well, it is less than $6,000, way less than that. Uh, $1 worth of sats is less than 6,000 sats. That's what I wanted to say. And you can stack those sats on the Cash App. On top of that, you can stack slivers of stonks via Cash App investing. If your favorite stonks a little too expensive, you can buy as little as $1. They've got the boost program. The Cash App can be your bank account. They're offering account numbers and routing numbers. You can direct, you can direct deposit your paychecks into the app if you want to. Cut out the dirty banks. And when you download the app, if you haven't already, make sure you use the code stacking sats. That's S-T-A-C-K-I-N-G-S-A-T-S. That's one word, S-T-A-C-K-I-N-G-S-A-T-S, stacking sats. You're going to get $10, and $10 is going to go to our good friends at Owls Lacrosse. And I actually have a Caribbean owl here for this for this owl call down in the Caribbean right now. Use code stacking sats, download the cash app, and enjoy this rip of rabbit hole recap. I know Matt and I certainly did. Love you, freaks. Rate, subscribe, share, enjoy, live, love, procreate, eat, drink. Enjoy. Matthew, I'm sorry for rushing you today. Early morning rip. Early morning rip, trying to get an afternoon bead trip in. Got some time with the wife and child. Hard know. to blame you, hard to blame you. Got to get the priorities straight. She, she made some plans. We got to follow through with them. You know, it's, it's one of those Thursdays. Dude. We got a lot to talk about. It's a bullish week. You're drinking before noon. Well, I'm drinking and before yeah. noon because it's a bullish fucking week and you having us record before noon. So I feel... I feel compelled to at least I'm having I'm being responsible. I'm having a beer because I feel like a whiskey before noon is uh, not the best course of action. Degenerate. I'm having an island beer, which is uh, like an ode to you. Oh, thank you. I'm having a red stripe myself. Island beer day. There's a there's a there's a few good things coming out of island beer day. I'm going to throw the ads in the beginning. You freaks already know that if you're listening to that. (laughs) <laughs> uh, we've got one good shout out that I'm happy about and you freaks are going to get this episode early. A little Thursday afternoon, early surprise. I hope you guys like it. We got a lot to talk about, a lot going on. We're going to start with Clark's dashboard going to my bookmarks. Did not have it up like a complete amateur. Current price is $8,024. Sats per dollar is dropping fast freaks. Currently at five thousand five hundred forty-eight dollars, market market cap all-time high. I don't know about right now, but we've hit it in the last few days. Currently sitting at three hundred thirty-four point three billion. We're at block height six hundred fifty-five. Wow, six hundred fifty-seven thousand six hundred seventy-eight. Excuse me. We are currently one thousand five hundred fifty-four blocks away from the next difficulty adjustment, which is estimated to be. On November 29th, 10 days from today at this point, uh, an upwards difficulty adjustment of 7.37 as estimated right now. Blocks are currently coming in at 9 minutes and 20 seconds. Um, so we had a difficulty adjustment between the last time we met, I believe. 4.8% upwards, is that correct? I don't think so. No. We're only... Difficulty... We're less than 500 blocks away. If it's 
1,500. Oh, maybe you're right. Yeah. That was a quiet one. Yeah. Yeah, it was a quiet one. Upwards of 4.8%, around 5%. Uh, unspec capacity on Samurai Whirlpool is currently at 1,542.35 Bitcoin, down to static, correct? Um, Yeah, but I, I think like we're quietly at the largest value in terms of dollar value. We're almost at $28 million, just like quietly sitting in the Whirlpool liquidity pool is like kind of this nice like low-key bullish fundamental to me i like that i like that a lot of low-key bullish fundamentals a lot going on from all aspects man like today i wrote about a thread i happened upon on my tweet deck i believe i saw nick carter quote tweeting it talking about gptc um but there's a guy by the name of cuppy i believe describing <coughs> the gbtc arbitrage play that is probably playing out um between institutional investors right now looking to get uh, access to bitcoin and then also looking to profit from a trading arbitrage opportunity gbtc premium right now is currently at about 18 percent i think blockfi has been fucking with that shit too yeah we announced it right they they bought like a five percent share or something like that indeed well, they had to, it's because, you know, it's a publicly traded uh, stock, so they have to disclose once they hit a certain threshold. So they didn't yeah. disclose it because they wanted to. They did it because they had just hit that point that they had to. And I think the total assets under management passed over $10, 10 billion, um this week, which includes like a bunch of their shitcoin funds, but the overwhelming majority is the Bitcoin fund. I'm not sure what the exact breakdown is, but that's a pretty big threshold. Uh, for Barry Schilbert. Um, kind of hate to see it, but, you know, it is what it is. At least it's not a proof-of-stake network. That is true. It is. It's an insane amount. So this guy, Cuppy, was tweeting out uh, a couple days ago on the 17th. GBTC scooped 3,800 Bitcoin off the market, uh, selling another 4 million shares of that particular offering. So if you equate that, it's like a five day week. It's like 19,000 Bitcoin a week. If that's consistent. Volume. Do you have the full that GBTC. assets under management for GBTC? Not at the tip of my fingertips right now. No. Imagine, imagine a proof of state network with, with GBTC gobbling that much fucking supply, just like growing and growing. Like the, the biggest validator is just a regulated, regulated publicly traded entity yeah like how do they think that's a good idea like there's no like it's going to happen well it's not going to happen because crazy pills man maybe to hey uh naivety it exists but i guess like one thing we could talk about is if you get to the bottom of the quote tweet rabbit hole I wrote about today from this guy Cuppy, he wrote a piece a few days ago called My Favorite Ponzi Scheme. He's basically trying to equate the fact that uh, there's large institutional investors uh, playing this GBTC ARB game to profit uh, and the fact that MicroStrategy is taking a lot of, has taken a lot of supply off the market and GBTC will continue to as institutional investors take uh, advantage of this arbitrage opportunity and on top of that actually use gbtc just to get exposure to bitcoin because they believe in the fundamentals and the underlying 
investment thesis, but he he seems to believe that Bitcoin is a Ponzi scheme because prices being driven heavily by this institutional well, maybe uh, gobbling of Bitcoin. GBTC is a Ponzi, maybe, but but Bitcoin would be more of a period pyramid scheme, right? <laughs> because to be a Ponzi scheme, like you need you need. I think Charles Ponzi was his name. Like you need the dude, like the central entity that can, yeah. that that handles it. Like Bitcoin, that, Bitcoin can't can't be a Ponzi because it's distributed. It'd be more pyramid scheme esque. Can you define the difference between a pyramid scheme and there's a no, Ponzi scheme? For you us? know, there's no Charles Ponzi involved, right? Mm. It's more distributed. But anyway, so there there is something interesting there. I mean, like I wonder. Like that GBTC arbitrage opportunity, because it trades at a premium, because there's no ETF, it kind of becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy that just creates this upward buy pressure. Yeah. But yeah, because thing yeah. you you just buy Bitcoin spot, then also buy shares of that illiquid GBTC product, which some people use as a leading indicator for institutional uh, adoption of Bitcoin that premium goes higher due to the illiquid nature of the product itself, which may be able to drive the spot price higher. But if Bitcoin's a pyramid scheme, then, you know, all financial products are pyramid schemes and gold is a pyramid scheme. And maybe that's true, but either way, it's just irrelevant. Um, Well, I think, I think there's good arguments to be made strongly to strongly prove that it is not a pyramid scheme. Parker Lewis, shout out Parker, uh, on gradually then suddenly does have a piece Bitcoin is not a pyramid scheme. I recommend reading that if you do not, but it has fundamental properties. I give it utility, like a pyramid scheme. Like you buy shares in a pyramid scheme, like you're usually not able to get utility out of those shares at all. Pretty illiquid, right? Or unless you have like the Nutrisystem like um, pyramid schemes and like timeshare pyramid schemes, I guess. There's some asset tied to the, those particular schemes, but I don't think the the utility provided by the assets of those underlying schemes I mean, compare I think it, at all to It's Bitcoin. just a semantic distinction that doesn't really matter in any kind of real sense of it. Um, like good money should like go, like hold its value and increase in value over time as more people store their wealth in it. Like that's just how good money should work. Uh, so if you, you can call yeah, it whatever you like, want to call it. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it's okay if it's a pyramid scheme. Exactly, if, that's what I'm saying. Even if it is. If it's, yeah. Yeah. Like, it, well, now I've got my head running. Like, is is it a pyramid scheme or is it a protocol with a network effect um, that benefits late adopters as that network effect grows? But that's what I'm saying. Like, um, where you could, whereas a pyramid scheme, later adopters do not benefit as the network grows. They actually have less of a chance of of being able to to use their shares or liquidate their shares. Well, I mean, I mean, a, a pyramid scheme is operating under the idea that there's always someone else that's next. That you're never the last one in, right? Don't be the last one. No, in but like network effect, like, I mean, look, like I said, if you want to argue it one way or the other, like you could probably, you could argue network effect is like a, a non-financial pyramid scheme. <laughs> like if you wanted to, you know, like the, when you, 
when you join a network, um, I'm thinking like something like signal, you join signal and it's like, invite your contacts, right? It's like a, a pyramid advertisement. Like you, you, you invite your 10 contacts and those 10 contacts invite their 10 to contacts. And make sure they use the code stacking stats when you they do. Oh, we have a signal sponsorship now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And it's crazy to think about. No, but I did. Shout out to, to Cuppy. New follow on Twitter. Put him on my finance and economics list. Seems like he's putting out good data. Interesting insights. Did disagree with that characterization of Bitcoin as a Ponzi scheme, but did appreciate the data that he pulled, really highlighting the amount of supply that's being gobbled up by a lot of these institutional products and corporate treasuries. I was th- it's going to be like the liquidity crunch. If this trend continues of institutions FOMOing in and corporate treasuries, even though it's small trends right now, a few data, data points, if it does continue, the liquidity crunch is going to be disgusting. Yeah, I mean, look, we hear these arguments every time Bitcoin pumps the last cycle, it was Bitfinex saying that it was the tether guys pumping, right? Um, and I always go back to the same thing, you know, if it's true, if a few people are able to pump the price of Bitcoin, um, through concerted efforts of trying to push the price up, then that's bullish as fuck because there's going to be more people in the future that are doing it. Right. And so every cycle, so like to me, even if it is true, even if there's like a small concerted effort to, you know, increase the price of Bitcoin, if they're able to successfully do that, like imagine what the world's billionaires can do. And that's what we're seeing right now, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Hovering at 18,000 right now. The price rip this week was. Felt good, man. What was it? Last week when I was reading your clock, what was it at? 16? Was it at 16 uh, yet? $10,000 feels so long ago. Remember the days? <laughs> People forget in March, you could have bought under 4,000. Could have. I know I got to buy in under 4,000. That feels good. Sorry for doxing my, uh, my, my under 4,000 buy here, honey. She's looking at me. She's very, I mean, uh, if you stacked, if you unhappy. stacked early March, like that's going to pay for the kid's school. Just those stacks alone. You're welcome, kid. <laughs> uh, no, it was a fun way to start, start this rip. I was thinking about that a lot today. Um, Thinking about mining a lot this morning. There's going to be some interesting content coming out in the mining world. Very excited. And speaking of the mining world, good segue into our first topic here. Taproot activation, as signaled by mining pools, hit a a threshold of 55% earlier today. Uh, Taprootactivation.com, which was launched by Poolin, uh, which is the second largest Bitcoin mining pool in the world, we discussed it last week. They have this initiative. Did we discuss it? No, last we week? didn't. It happened right after us. And also, uh, okay. a hat tip should go to Aaron Van Weerdum, who was a, a major proponent with Poolin to get this get this together. Shout out to Aaron, OG, legend of the game, best technical writer and just journalist that I've come across in this space. And so, yeah, Poolin announced. Sorry, I, I assume that we talked about it last week because it, yeah, it did happen last Thursday. Uh, pull in wants to take initiative. There's a lot of conversation going on about how to activate Taproot. We've talked about it on this podcast many of times. Uh, we've discussed the fact that developers have uh, have uh, presented activation routes most 
popular popularly BIP eight and what is it? Modern soft fork activation. Well, there's BIP eight, BIP nine, and then there's modern, which is the combination, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. BIP nine has been used in the past. It was used for Segwit. Uh, I guess that's why people uh, outside the mining community are, are wary of using it this time around, though. Even before Segwit, BIP nine was used to get soft forks activated without any controversy. Poolin again announced last week that they want to uh, lead. Uh, I guess from the mining industry perspective and let uh, users know that they're going to be prepared and they're going to activate taproot and validate transactions that they use taproot in the future. Uh, and they created taprootactivation.com explaining what's going on, leading everybody to the GitHub page, describing the activation routes. And since this has happened, uh, like I said, 55% of the pools or 55% pools representing 55% of the network hash rate, the correct way to phrase that, uh, have signaled that they will activate Taproot. Pool in, interesting, in interestingly enough, uh, is partial towards BIP9, which is just like a versions BIP. Well, no, so, I mean, I'm pretty of sure. course they are. I mean, if I was a miner, I'd be, uh, be pro-BIP9 uh, because BIP9 just relies purely on miner signaling and hitting a certain hash rate support, while BIP8 um, has a you know, an override function where we kind of just force it through if the miners aren't signaling. Um, what's, what I think is more interesting is that that Slush and Antpool are saying BIP8 and BTC.com mm -hmm. is saying modern soft fork activation, which is the, the long Which route. is weird also too because there's like some, there's like a little bit of incest there. Like BTC.com is owned by Bitmain pretty sure mm -hmm. and ant pool is their other pool so one of their pools is signaling bip8 and the other one is modern so actually none first of all none of them are signaling except for pooling the other ones are just on this chart they like they like hit them up on wechat or whatever and they're on the chart they, they haven't actually signaled anything except for pooling interesting but it's good to see all this conversation happening. This is what we want. We want the ball run, rolling. So um, definitely, definitely appreciate that. And one thing that everyone needs to realize is even when they are signaling, there's nothing to like lock them into it. It's more of a goodwill measure to signal your, your support one way or the other. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, the Coinbase signaling has no actual influence on the code and you're literally just putting a message in the coinbase i mean it does activate BIP socially nine, signal once a threshold's reached uh, yes but you have to have BIP yeah. yeah um but the coinbase message itself doesn't doesn't mean anything like f2 pool played around with the coinbase transaction message a bunch during the second yeah, they made a lot of money there <laughs> right um so we'll be following this Apparently, 55% of minor support is there. Again, this shouldn't be as controversial as Segwit, but nothing should surprise you. Uh, this was pretty surprising this week. Second richest man in Mexico uh, came out as a Bitcoiner and a, and a fan of our good friend Safe, Safe Adina Moose's, the Bitcoin standard. Well, I love billionaire. The name, in, the, the name of the Bitcoin standard in Spanish is so much better. El Patron Bitcoin. So good. I love right. it. Ricardo Salinas Plego. 
Um, he said, what was it, ten percent of his liquid assets? Yeah, and he's worth thirteen point eight billion dollars. Yes. So we don't know if that full thirteen point eight billion. I doubt it. We uh, heavily doubt. Right. Yeah. So I'd say in the hundred to five hundred million dollar range. You know, we're all we're all fucking plebs. I've come to the I've come to the conclusion these last couple of months that no matter what happens, we're just always going to be fucking plebs. These guys are just all leapfrogging us. It's going to happen. It's inevitable, right? Especially at these prices. No, you, and you say these guys, like how many of these guys can leapfrog us is the question, which circles back to what started the conversation of tonight's rip. It's like, what does this liquidity crunch look like? At what point does it rear its head? Well, I mean, there's an important distinction that, you know, to all the billionaires, all the billionaire freaks listening to the podcast, like not your keys, not your coins. You don't really leapfrog us until you take custody. That's, that's very true. That's actually where my mind was going is like, maybe the price won't rip because a lot of this is being rehypothecated. A lot of these billionaires are getting IOUs, not only until... All the billionaires just own the same coins and they don't even fucking realize. <laughs> right? Wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't it be the worst time. What do you think? This is... Uh, so we had this guy, we had Ricardo announce this week that he owned Bitcoin, big fan of the Bitcoin standard. Uh, we had Arya Stark, uh, who has not a, a billionaire, not a billionaire, but famous actress. She was asking if she should uh, invest in Bitcoin. Poll got a lot of interaction. I think the nose won, but she tweeted out later that she bought the anyway. Nose won, but Elon responded. He did. What did he say? I don't know. He was like trolling her, but he's dude definitely has a big ass Bitcoin bag. Yeah, yeah, so she bought anyway, which is interesting. Good to see, I guess. The blue checks are coming. I got a DM from a blue check bark today uh, asking me if I saw Lil, Lil Yachty's coin offering. Um, Wait, who's? Lil Yachty. Lil Yachty. Was it a shit coin? Oh, yeah. Let's see. Wait, a blue check reached out about it? I think also... Is that Doc? Uh, I'm not going to Don't Doc's the blue check. Is he a big blue check? No. It's like an account that's been dormant uh, since So like it's a little blue sure check. A yeah. Some of these blue you checks have like 12,000 followers or something. I don't even know. Yeah, this guy has less than me. Peasant. N- never never blue uh, check. Fundamentally disagree yeah. with the premise. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it's interesting. Um, it seems it's, it's just from a heuristics standpoint. Hit your hit your bingo board there. Uh, it seems that very rich people and famous people are starting to pay attention to <laughs> Bitcoin and, and crypto again. Uh, Fuck you! you this is you say crypto. You're paying sorry. attention to Bitcoin. Not Lil Yachty. Lil Yachty's launching his own shit. No, well, fuck him. Don't don't buy it. Uh, on the Fiaz app, Fiaz. Never heard of it. Fiuz. Never heard of it. We are social money. Is Don't their, look it uh, up, freaks. Their tagline. Don't look it up. But go look up this. Our girl Cynthia Lummis, TFTC alum, 
Our queen. Our queen is a good way to put it. Senator elect Lummis out of Wyoming. She's been on the media trail lately. Oh, fucking talking fire. about her. Talking about her intention to educate uh, her fellow members in in the Senate about Bitcoin, and particularly its superiority as a store of value, particularly in uh, in the the context of a, a treasury asset. Which is fascinating. She's been she's been killing it, dude. She's been going on these interviews, and they haven't even been asking her about Bitcoin. She's been bringing it up. She's, you know what? That's how you know she's a Bitcoiner. Like anyone brings up any topic, and we just always just pivot to Bitcoin. It's 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 the tragedy of every Bitcoiner. <laughs> the, Fo- the Fox News interview question was, "What are your priorities when you get the Senate?" Very, very vague, open ended question. It could go anywhere. It could say, "Hey." Just want to get stuff done. Give a very uh, political politician like trope back something. We're just going to help help workers, lower taxes and something like that. But no, she went straight to like we're going to get Bitcoin as a store of value in the U.S. Like states are going to be able to use it. I'm going to educate my fellow senators about it. Shout out to Cynthia, our queen. The crazy thing is. We have a senator now who controls their own keys. Like that, that distinction should not be understated. Like we have all these billionaires, rich people coming in. The next step is I want to see these powerful people, these rich people control their own keys, use their own node, you know, become a proper Bitcoiner. Right. And I, I see, I see some similarities here with, you know, the 2013 push where there was all this push to get merchant adoption, but they were all just market selling for fiat on the other side. While now we actually see merchants running the full BTC pay stack using their own node, hodling the coins. And that's, you know, kind of what I want to see here. And it's, it's amazing that she's so far ahead. Yeah, it's incredible to see. And I wrote about it in the bent a couple of days ago. I think this takes the geopolitical game theory baked into Bitcoin. I think we, we're taking it to another level. We're entering a new level. We're up to this point. There's been a few representatives and members of the Senate who have defended Bitcoin in terms of saying it should be allowed to exist and U.S. citizens should be allowed to access and use it, uh, particularly Emmer and Douglas. And Sherman. And Sherman. <laughs> Sherman's my favorite Not Bitcoin sh- proponent because he's he hates it, he but for the right reasons. Right, he understands <laughs> the, the the power that Bitcoin wields against uh, the bureaucratic bullshit that that happens in our political system. But Cynthia arriving and taking it from a point of, hey, uh, Americans should just be able to access this, and just defending the right to. Uh, use Bitcoin, I think Cynthia takes it to another another level where she's outright advocating for it and advocating that that states should get involved with it and think about adding it to portfolios, particularly pension portfolios, Social Security, things like that, which is a whole other level of discussion, uh, which what brings with it, we're yet to find out. I'm sure there'll be a lot of pushback and heated discussions, but we have somebody not only defending Bitcoin and the right to access it in Congress, uh, in the Senate now, but we have somebody actually actively advocating for it, which I think is huge. Uh, 
Um, it's a, it's a big signal having one of a hundred uh, senators in the U.S. One percent of the Senate, or excuse me, two percent is fifty. All right, now I'm, now I'm getting my. Uh, it's massive. It my, doesn't matter what the number is. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like I feel like nation state FOMO is we're close. We're we're really close. And the 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 first the first few countries that start actually accumulating Bitcoin hard are going to reap massive benefits here. And I yeah. you have the Ooh. billionaires come in, and once you have these billionaires start talking about it, like let's be honest, they pull a ton of fucking strings behind the scenes, and and I I think it's only a matter of time before we start hearing about the nation states. And the thing is. You won't hear about it right away while they they first begin accumulating. You'll hear about it afterwards. Um, I was talking with someone the other day, and it's like very interesting. Like Stanley Drunkenmiller, when he was—I don't know if I pronounced his name right—when he was talking about it on on CNBC, it was almost like he wished it hadn't come up. It was like he was he was trying to quietly accumulate, and then it came up, and. He had to. He didn't want to, you know, not be honest about his position there. Yeah, he begrudgingly was like, "Yeah, I, I like Bitcoin. I think you're an idiot if you don't." Um, yeah, and this is actually something we should bring up. I saw that you commented under one of Cynthia's tweets this week. It started a bit of a back and forth between you and Mister Hoddle, uh, whether or not the U.S. government should hoddle the confiscated bitcoins from the hacker that stole them from the Silk Road. Oh yeah, I mean I actually I just tweeted straight at her. I didn't even comment on one of her tweets. Um I, I think I you know, we have the US government we the US government sees this one billion dollars worth of coins. It's actually probably more now. It's like sixty nine thousand coins. Um so the freaks can do the math. But it was it was one billion at the time of, of seizure and they plan on auctioning it like they've auctioned the the last batches and I this might be the last chance for them to have like a very easy way to you know have a stack without having to go on the open market now some people did mention so I actually go back and forth right because I I think that it creates like this perverse incentive for governments to seize seize Bitcoin right and I I made a comment there that a government without a Bitcoin accumulation strategy is a government that is going to take your fucking coins uh, when nation state FOMO kicks in. And I wholeheartedly believe that. And I think that that's one of the reasons why you have to be very careful about these custodians, because if they do need liquidity in some kind of FOMO event, like that's who they're going to knock on the door of. Right. Take custody of your coins, freaks. It's just leading me down like a whole, I feel like we're having like an interview podcast here, but I'm thinking of a point that Lynn Alden brought up, I believe it was last week, talking about the prospects of a Executive Order 6102 happening or something like that happening to Bitcoin. She brought up a good point that it's probably less likely that Bitcoin would get 6102 because gold when that executive order was written, was pegged to the dollar, dollar was pegged to gold, excuse me, the other way around, uh, which created a different dynamic than currently exists between Bitcoin and the dollar. Like it's not, the dollar and the Bitcoin are not conjoined in any way other than that people value Bitcoins and dollars today. 
um, they'll, they'll value it in goods in the future. But I thought that was interesting, of an interesting variable in the threat of a potential uh, seizure by the government of Bitcoin under the guise that it needs to, to write the currency. Well, I mean, I think, well, first of all, it depends what country you live in, but I think like at different points over the, you know, next five years, 10 years, uh, we're going to see government scrambling to try and seize assets and seize uh, Bitcoin specifically, just governments scrambling to get their hands on Bitcoin um, and everyone scrambling to get their hands on Bitcoin. This is part of the thesis. This is part of what we expect. Um, the second thing is like you don't need a full on 6102, right? Like probably the more realistic scenario in the Western world, at least, is some of these tax proposals we see floating around, uh, not even Bitcoin specific right now, to just tax unrealized capital gains, right? And you could imagine a situation where there's a Bitcoin specific tax because they just like trash us in the media and then they hit you with a Bitcoin specific tax. And the easiest people to collect that from is everyone who's holding in custodian, right? Like there's no yeah. resistance there whatsoever. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see something like that. A full on 6102 is a little bit more aggressive, but that might happen in certain countries and won't happen in others. Right. And it'll be hard to enforce yeah. if you custody your own coins. Yeah. yeah. I just thought that was an interesting nuanced perspective on the, uh, 6102 thing. Yeah, I mean, you just front loaded with bullish headlines. I mean, like, here. yeah, but like, that's the thing, right? It's like we pay right now in America, we pay the highest taxes we've ever paid in in history. So to say like a sixty one or two is is less less likely today, when really we're just getting sixty one or two every year, just not fully a hundred percent. That's like, true. All of our assets. That's true. Yeah, it's getting worse. Could you imagine if they tax unrealized gains? It'd be, a, It'd be a fucking accounting nightmare alone. Just that, let alone any kind of moral justification. I think you'd see, I think you'd see like the first tax protest quite a while, if if ever. I don't, I don't know if there's been a tax protest here in the U.S. You should probably know that. The Mooch, he's considering getting into into Bitcoin. Uh, became aware, the market became aware of the SkyBridge. Uh, which is the hedge fund that, scare, that uh, the Mooch, Scaramucci, what's his first name? I just know him as the Mooch now. <laughs> I forget his first name. Uh, my wife came in, Anthony Scaramucci, go. Tony Scaramucci. Skybridge is filing the Mooch. to the SEC, uh, letting them know that, that they're gonna, they plan on buying Bitcoin and other digital assets, uh, which is interesting. I think it's particularly interesting because these institutions basically have to beg to buy Bitcoin. I just find that beautifully poetic. Agreed. But also one of the interesting things here is that they mention actually investing in Bitcoin companies, which I think like we're going to see that play out again with all these billionaires and these hedge fund guys um, where they make the mistake of thinking that the investment in the companies is, is the safer investment than actually Bitcoin. It's going to take them like a couple of years to realize they fucked that up. <laughs> have fun learning that lesson guys but we'll be here on the sidelines not the sidelines but we'll be here just to laugh about about the lessons we learned along the way especially like there's going to be so them. much investment in shit coin companies that they should have just stacked sats instead they're going to regret it so hard do you, think, do you think consensus is foaming at the mouth right now or drooling 
Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they're. I mean, I don't know, but I wouldn't. I I think a lot of companies right now are are um, looking for investment because it's so frothy, and a lot of these guys are looking to invest in places. Uh, but if you look back, you know, historically, very very few companies um, had investment rounds that that have returned higher than Bitcoin has. Yeah, it's going to be very hard to do that, but we shall see. The bullish news rolls on. City, one of their top analysts, wrote a report, uh, I don't want to say projecting, saying the possibility of Bitcoin hitting six figures, not only six figures, uh, above $300,000 is possible. Bitcoin Twitter went pretty crazy with that this week. I'm pretty sure the report is confirmed, too. A lot of people were like, oh, we haven't actually seen it, but... Apparently, it was going around uh, to private clients of City. And he's a Citibank executive. Uh, he's not just some, like, pleb. No, no. It's uh, it's pretty crazy. This is, like, last cycle, these were, like, McAfee numbers. You right. know, and now it's, like, Citibank executive. Like, if I, if I walked into Thanksgiving dinner and I was, like, to my family... I expect Bitcoin to hit $318,000. They would laugh me out of the fucking room. I would never even say that. I would just be like, I think it's going to go up. As more people buy, it'll go up. You know, but but meanwhile, the Citibank guy's just fucking throwing it out there. Yeah, Thomas Fitzpatrick, to be clear, he's a global head of the company, City FX Technicals Market Insight Product. Um, so yeah, he determined using technical analysis, which we're not a fan of here at TFTC, <laughs> other than to laugh at sometimes, I uh, determined a target of $318,000 by December 2021. Here's the hoping. He's got the best TA out there because that would be pretty dope. I'm cool with it. I'm cool if he's short a little bit. If we only hit like 200K by then, I'd be fine with that. <laughs> yeah. It could be off by 50% or, or it would be off by 100%, but like off by target could be 50% lower than what it is. Fine by me. And still be very, still be very bullish. Um, all right, rolling into software updates here. But before we do that, we've got a shout out from a very dear friend of the podcast. And I don't know why he's thanking us. We should be thanking him for giving us the opportunity uh, to do what we do once a semester. Thank you to Pierre Rochard, Marty Bent, at Matt Odell, at Phil J. Bonello, at Vandrew CPA, uh, excuse me, at Vandrew A-T-T-Y CPA. Uh, for teaching Baruch college students about Bitcoin. You guys are all super generous. Well, Charles, who wrote the shout out? I assume it's Charles. Maybe it was one of the students. I was going to assume it was Charles. Thank you for inviting us. It's always a pleasure. And uh, you're selfless. You take the paycheck you get from teaching that class, you donate it to charity. Um, it's speaking one hour a semester at Baruch College is, uh, is, is quite the pleasure. Shout out to you for putting together the curriculum and getting these great minds in that room. Yeah, no, it is. It is. I second that 100%. Truly a pleasure. Uh, we love you, Charles. Yeah. Uh, and that is pretty cool. I just found Char- out that thing about him donating his salary to charity. Right. He's a true man in of the hi- people. Just in hindsight, it. you know, maybe he should have put his salary into Bitcoin and then donated it like after five years. But. Yeah, it can't be perfect. <laughs> Charles, if you're listening, think about it. It's still early. It's still early. We can lock it up. We can time lock it. 
time lock it to block 840,000. We'll go to the next halving. Just time lock it to the next halving. Software updates. Whirlpool CLI version 0.10.9 has been released if you're running that. Think about upgrading. Go check out the the release notes in the show notes. Uh, Electrum version 4.0.5 has been released. Anything major here? Uh, yeah, the new Mac OS update, Big Sur, broke Electrum. So you need this update if you're a Mac user. Lovely. Thank you, Apple. Um, should we just break there to talk about what's going on with Apple? Yeah, or? Uh, we can. I put it at the Skip end, but yeah. Just a bit. Fuck them. It's a pretty big. It's a pretty big issue that we should talk about. How do you about. feel about this as a lifelong Mac user? I feel cheated. I feel betrayed. I feel like I need to find an alternative and get used to using a new computer system and operating system because this is pretty much untenable. Did you run into the issue where they got where they got caught? Like that day where like you couldn't open apps because their server was down? I don't think so. Let so this all got exposed again. because so it turns out that Apple with recent updates have has started um, everything you do on your computer, every program you run, it just it has it pings one of their servers before um, before it runs. And uh, because because Mac is closed source, like no one I mean, people speculated, but no one knew for sure that this was happening. And then the server went down and like millions of people around the world couldn't open, you know, regular offline apps or whatnot uh, because the server wasn't responding. So this is like obviously a major privacy risk. Um, We have a write-up in the show notes that does a really good job of explaining um, the repercussions here. I mean, there's just massive tracking holes uh, where they can track you. They say, Apple says, that it's for users' own safety, which is what you hear a lot of times with these things. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, like, no one should be really that surprised about this stuff, and, and this is why free open-source software is so important. Does purism fix this? Uh, purism helps. I mean, the freaks know I like Graphene OS on the Pixel, on the pixel series um i haven't tried on the 4a yet but that's probably the best way to go right now on on the phone side and on computers i i really am liking pop os which is a linux distro from system 76 which you can install on any computer but what's really cool is system 76 actually makes like pretty nice machines so like if you have a macbook and you're looking for something like an upgrade that doesn't spy on you by design then you should consider that System76.com. I have two of their machines. They're fucking dope. Tim Cook, you're fucking up. Tim Apple. Tim Apple. You dumb bitch. Ruining Apple. Such a great company. Who knows if it was him alone? Maybe there's some external pressures. It seems like they've been getting pressured by uh, the intelligence agencies pretty hard. I mean, to, to be <sighs> fair, like I wouldn't be completely... Like I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it, they had good intentions with this, even though it does add all this personal information on their servers. Um, but once that information is there, you know, even if they don't plan on using it maliciously, it can get hacked, it can get leaked. 
um, they might get compelled to provide it. So it doesn't even matter really what their intentions are. If, if there is that data blob um, available, then it, it can be exploited and it probably will be. You have to assume it will be. Well, this blog's making it seem like they were sending data to the CIA, NSA, FBI. I mean, they definitely are when they get requests and whatnot. And with Snowden, we saw all these companies had to bend the knee with a non-disclosure agreement. But I'm saying this particular so-called feature might not have originated for malicious reasons, even if it does end up getting exploited for malicious reasons. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because we can't verify their motives. Uh, so you just have to go with what the reality is on on the ground. Yeah, but it's coming out. Part of the blog says it sucks that they've let the NSA, CIA, your ISP at all slurp up the unencrypted pattern of life data off the wire for the last two plus years. And they're still going to transmit the data in parentheses encrypted to Apple in real time on by default in every single Mac. It's fucked up. So that makes... Yeah, they've been setting pattern of life met, metadata, health statistics, I imagine, to these agencies to follow you. Maybe uh, COVID tracking was used as an excuse to get a push through behind the scenes. I mean, like 100%. This is one of the reasons why we made our graphene push at the beginning of the COVID situation. Um, right. Look, this all this is all old Snowden news. And, and, and in my opinion... You know, Snowden was the one who pulled pulled the pulled the covers off, and 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 at the end of the day, we can't trust closed source software and closed hardware. You can't. They they'll tell us whatever they want to tell us, but behind the scenes, it's all just extensions of the governments. This is true, and this is why we get back to our software update section. Thunderhub version zero point one zero point three has been released. If you're running Thunderhub, go check that out. Uh, Sphinx chat if you're running that <laughs> we've been releasing the the uh, the uh, test pilot version yeah. throughout the I week join the tribe you join the tribe welcome to the tribe how's it feels feel good. feels good uh, I'm loving the sh- I'm loving the Sphinx app Sphinx 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 not Sphinx it's not a sphincter it's a Sphinx I um I said last episode that I was gonna use my own node um there's privacy concern if you use uh, an existing node that's not tied to your identity and Sphinx is going to be tied to your identity. So consider launching a, using a dedicated node for it, you know, just a, a Sphinx only node. Yeah. This is the best practice privacy wise, which is what I'm doing. It's really cool what they're building though. I love the boosting. I love the conversation going on. Tales from the Crypt tribe. Shout out to our tribe. Shout out to the Sphinx team. Shout out Graham for Voltage. Shout out Ryan Gentry. Shout out Adam. Adam Carey's in the in the Tales from the Crypt. Sphinx That's tribe. pretty cool. I'm in his tribe as well, so it's a little bit incestuous. It's an honor. You know what? It's a nice little community. It feels like we're onto something really cool there. One thing that got introduced to that we downloaded in our tribe this week was the bots. And the bots are run on the Lightning Network too. Like the person feeding the data on the other side could potentially charge sats for making a call on the bot like this. Oh, I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. Well, I mean, I knew it was being broadcast yeah. through the lightning network. Yeah. Join, join our tribe chat, bro. I'm in there. I know, but like join the chat. I know. 
You lurk. You lurk. I mean, I saw the price bot. I called the price bot. I'm upset that the price bot doesn't do sats per dollar. I've already made a suggestion. We, they already. You were not looking yesterday. They already Fuck made it. Yes. There we go. There we go. You can go into our tribe and go slash sats, and you'll get how many sats I per dollar. I love it. I love it. Right now, it's below massive. six thousand, which is pretty crazy. Massive. Uh, this is pretty massive. Tails version four point one three is out. Updated the Tor browser. Updated Thunderbird. It's not really massive, but if you're running Tails version four point one three is out. Officially released two days ago. On to some product announcements. Uh, Hoddle Hoddle, we had Max Keaton on a few weeks ago to discuss their new lending product is now available in the U.S. So U.S. citizens can use it uh, and they can use it because it's non-custodial all the way through. If you want to understand how that product works specifically, go listen to that episode recorded with Max. Uh, Very interesting applications that Hoddle Hoddle is building using Bitcoin and stable coins, particularly to allow these lending markets to develop uh, without any third parties just people making meeting excuse me at a marketplace and no kyc no kyc very important to mention but uh you know uh, if, if you do use a product like that make sure you over collateralize a lot just in case especially in these these bill runs we see large price movements so you don't want to get liquidated in those large price movements yeah it's one thing you should be aware if you're relatively due to Bitcoin and you you're probably at that stage where you're following the charge trying to trade you mentioned that you're not going to be able to trade you're going to get your dick pushed in you're going to lose your sats but some of you're going to do it anyway just know that there are there are multiple 20 to 40 percent drops in the price on the way up to the all-time high usually typically yeah so very volatile right? I didn't I didn't miss the launch of of the sat spot it wasn't discussed in the in the tribe Bro. Were you in a side chat where you, you're, 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 yeah, you just got it. I, well, I mean, I just, I just, no. I just tested it, but I just scrolled up. I didn't, did I, did I miss it getting added? We talked about it last night. The night before. How weird. I don't have those messages. Product uh, feedback it has a dominance too. You can do a slash BTC dominance. Yeah, yesterday around 3.30 your time. Evan from the Sphinx team updated the bot. I'm just scrolling. Well, anyway, glad to see it. It's fucking awesome. Maybe I'm missing messages. We'll find out. This is all happening on I'll the Lightning Network, too, the messages. Maybe I had a routing Which error with uh, some of the messages. Interesting. That would be interesting if you miss messages because of routing. Duly noted to report back to the Sphinx team. Uh, this is also good to see Sphinx, not Sphinx, Swan uh, has added XPUB support. Uh, our boy Gigi getting to work pretty quickly. If you are a Swan uh, user client, you can now uh, upload. You're actually not uploading your XPUB. You're exploding, uploading your addresses, uh, at least some of the addresses uh, associated with that XPUB so that you can... Um, preserve privacy by by sending your coins to two different addresses each time and, and just make that process more seamless on on Swan. So if you're a Swan user, you can now DCA and then 
get your coins sent directly to addresses that you control uh, and separate your UTXOs. Yes. Pretty big yes, enhancement. I mean, I think this is a pretty big deal. I've been looking forward to it for a while. Um, you know, up until this point, Swan allowed you to auto withdraw, but it would auto withdraw to a fixed address. So you're reusing the same address over and over again. Um, obviously, this is bad for your privacy because someone watching the chain could link all of those payments together. Um, and it has like a certain profile, right? It's like, okay, that's a Swan user and that's how much they've accumulated and they've been accumulating for this long. So now it'll be able to use a fresh address every time. They have implemented it basically, like XPubs weren't really designed for this, but they implemented it in a way that's the most privacy conscious, probably the best way to do it, which is locally it's deriving the addresses and it doesn't actually send the XPub to the server. Um, in practice though, just to be really safe, I think best practice is really, you like dedicate a wallet to Swan and you just, that's your Swan wallet, whether that's a hardware wallet, whether that's Samurai, um, you just dedicate it to Swan, that's your Swan wallet. And then after that, you go into Whirlpool before you, you know, you, you move the Bitcoin anywhere else. You like segregate the wallets. And with that in mind and with in mind, you know, KYC just being dangerous in general and people should avoid it. Um, I kind of feel like this is the ideal KYC stack to me where you auto stack and you auto withdraw. And ideally to me that that stack looks like Samurai wallet. You have a Samurai wallet a, a cheap Android phone running Samurai wallet connected to your dojo. You give them your premix ZPub. You're auto stacking directly into the premix and then you go into Whirlpool and then you have your your world your postmix Whirlpool UTXOs that are a different XPub by design and then you can send them wherever you want to send them. And I think like the only thing that makes that better is if they add Paynim support which they're planning on doing and if Samurai adds auto TX0 support where it just automatically Whirlpools if it hits a certain amount like it'd be cool if you they had like a special ZPub where any address that went there just like automatically went through Whirlpool. Well, that's what I was going to ask is Swan set up in a way where you can send it to your address, but only after you hit a sats threshold. Yeah. So you have like a million sats. You pick the threshold and then, so it auto stacks. Once it hits the threshold, it auto withdraws to a fresh address. Mm -hmm. And then you go into Whirlpool and then you have Whirlpool UTXOs. Like it, as far as KYC stack goes, like that seems like the ideal, uh, to me, it seems like the ideal setup. Yeah, I agree. Shout out to Swan um, for getting that out there. Innovative, very privacy conscious. I love that simplicity of just not sending the expo, but only a few addresses. I mean, by a few, I imagine they mean like 100 or something. But yeah. Yeah, I would imagine. And then they just ask you if they uh, need more addresses. Yes. Um. But like yeah, if you're going to go like the hardware wallet approach, like I say, like you just, you, you know, you buy a cold card, you buy a ledger or whatever, and you just dedicated it to Swan. It's just like, this is my Swan wallet. Um, and I think it's worth that, you know, whatever, like a cold card is like $130 or I think like a ledger is like a little bit cheaper. Like it, that's nothing in the scheme of things. And you just dedicate that as your Swan wallet and your stack just goes there. Keep it segregated. Just super easy to do. Get on it, Swan users. 
stack improves. Stack improves. It is KYC, but trying to preserve your privacy and give you the ability to do it yourself efficiently after after you use their services. Commendable. Interesting going. Interesting development in China around OKEX. Apparently, they're going to reopen withdrawals um, starting soon. There's been rumors that originally there was rumors that they were hacked, that they lost funds, but then it became apparent that potentially the Chinese government was um, was holding them up and, and forcing them to freeze their funds. Uh, the mining hash rate fell. Coinbase was was announcing that um, a hash rate fell because of OKEx having to withdraw theirs. Um, so there's something interesting going on. There's some more China FUD basically at the end of the day. What's your take on, on the OKEx situation? I never like speaking with any authority on these topics because they always change on a whim. And Yeah, I mean, it does kind of feel like uh, China FUD 4.0 or whatever. Um, yeah. You know, it seems like the most concrete rumor is that StarZoo, the founder and CEO of of OKX got arrested and uh, they just paused everything while he was, um, you know, bending the knee to the CCP, presumably. Um, a couple of things to take from here is, first of all, they had their own mining pool, hash rate completely evaporated. And, and they actually hadn't suspended withdrawals on the mining pool, suspended rewards on the mining pool. They only suspended withdrawals on the actual exchange, but that was enough to scare miners into other pools which is bullish if um, it's bullish in a pre uh, a pre better hash world, right? Where you're, where you're relying on miners to actually switch if a, if a mining pool operator becomes malicious. And so that's good to see in practice. The second thing is um, the OKX has an exchange token and this token absolutely tanked on the news that they were suspending withdrawals. And then over the last two days, it spiked. And then today, the press release comes out from OKX that uh, they're opening withdrawals again. They plan on opening withdrawals again. They're completely solvent. Everything's good, you know. And their personnel who was arrested has been returned to them, which is presumably Star Zoo, but they never said a name. And there's just a lot of fuckery here that can go on with these exchange tokens that people have to be aware of, right? Like, if they know that the arrest, the, the withdrawals are going to tank it, they can preemptively short it or sell it. They control the exchange. They, they control the supply. You know, a lot of it is held on their exchange to begin with. And they can preemptively buy it at the bottom before they announce anything. So there's a lot, just a lot of fuckery in general. And it, it, it really amplifies third-party risk, like... Uh, over just a regular custodian and over just a regular shit token. It's like a combination. It's like you, there's no way to self custody a exchange token. There's no way to verify any of this shit and they can just, you know, run it up and down at their, at their leisure. Yeah. It's crazy. It's a recurring theme. Will we ever shake the China FUD? Who knows? Probably not. It's fun. Just expect it. Like expect these waves to come. Bitfinex is hopping out of the woodwork. Uh, pointing at Tether. China FUD's coming out of the woodwork. Blue check marks are tweeting about Bitcoin. Some vibes. Are we getting too hot too quick? Nah, impossible. 
what is uh what, what is your thoughts on the hash rate thing because i think that's kind of interesting like I, I it's not every day i don't remember ever really seeing a pool go to zero that quickly um g hash is probably the last example well, g hash was at 51 and they they got hit but then they like they fell to like 25 or something and then they slowly and bled. They originally withered and died but yeah. they slowly bled after that right stakes, like this was stakes are a lot hot stakes are a lot higher yeah, this was like hard and fast this was just they fucking got hit yeah i was actually on a podcast talking about great american mining earlier this week and that question came up so like the china fud talking like brad, brad garlinghouse that motherfucker likes to go and spread china fud uh the comptroller oh, controller the yeah, the dude from Coinbase, he was spreading China FUD, saying that China controls Bitcoin and can 51% attack it. It's just simply not true. So you, you go through the continuum of the potential attacks via mining that would be employed. Uh, in the first you think of is just actually having a collective 51% of hash rate and being able to 51% the network, which at this point seems pretty hard. Uh, you can get a few pools to team up. Uh but that, that seems unlikely to me. Uh, so that scenario of just having a raw hash rate, 51% attack, um, doesn't seem likely. Then you have the scenario in which the CCP can make mining farms in China unplug, which is a bit scary, but the network would self-correct eventually. Um, and I believe hash rate has become more distributed outside of China uh, over the last five years particularly, so that attack may even be less effective than it could have in the past. Uh, and so that seems unlikely to me, and even if it were to happen, I think the network would survive, it would take a lump. And then beyond that is the scenario which we're talking about right now, is that the CCP goes to individual mining pool operators and forces them to either construct blocks a certain way or just not mine blocks at all, and... That's the beauty of mining pools is the individuals within those pools have free will and the free ability to, to move freedom of labor in the mining world is very fluid. You can move from one pool to another in minutes. Um, so the likelihood of attacking Bitcoin mining from the pool operator perspective, even though most a, a great majority of pool operators are in China, I still think the risk is, low because the individual miners within the pool have a very high profit incentive to make sure they're getting Bitcoin for the hashes they produce. So they will move as quickly as possible. Um, and on top of that, you know, uh, we want to see better hash, which has now been folded into stratum V2 get released, which kind of cures the main issue here, which the main issue is, is that the mining pool operators have the power to construct the blocks um, according to how they want to construct them. So if there's like a blacklist or something, or if they want to double spend someone, they have that unilateral power because they're the mining pool operator. In a stratum V2 world, um, the individual miners that are directing their hash rate to the pool operators are actually, they get to construct the blocks. So it distributes that power and makes it way, way, way less likely. I would just like to add that I intentionally didn't talk about it when it happened. Um, but I did post a hash commitment on Twitter and told people to remind me two weeks later, which of course, eight in the morning, two weeks later, Gigi DM'd me and was like, what is this about? Uh, so hat tip to, uh, to their Gigi for reminding me. Um, I think like if you were to see some type of state Chinese attack or whatever, 
that's kind of what you would, you know, I don't think it would be effective long term, but I think what you would see first is you would see like the rug pull of the hash rate that we kind of saw at the middle of the difficulty adjustment last time. Um, and, and I guess like the main way to, you, so you basically, you rug pull the, the hash and then when the difficulty adjusts down, and this is one of the reasons why the difficulty adjustment period is such a long period. So you can't like game it this easily, which, cause we saw this kind of thing happen in Bcash land because they changed their difficulty adjustment to super short, uh, periods. Um, so that's one of the reasons why you want it to be a longer period cause you can't game it that easily, but you rug pull the hash rate and then when the difficulty adjusts down, then you start, you know, fucking around on the mining layer, um, you know, doing empty blocks, reorgs, you know, chains that you're not, aren't broadcasting. You, you hold on to them block withholding until you release them and stuff just to like fuck around and try and cause chaos. And in that situation, I think like the mitigation is if you see like a large hash rate pull, you should just be a little bit wary. And if you're a, a major economic actor, like require more confirmations, like don't, you know, add a little bit of a buffer on your confirmations and then you should just be golden. Yeah. No, it's interesting playing these scenarios out. That becomes an expensive attack. It would be though. super expensive attack. And I don't think it'd be effective long term, yeah. but there's something there. Yeah. Yeah. No. Got to flush out adversarial thinking from Matt Odell. Type of thinking I'd like to see. Yeah, there's so much. God, can we can we destroy Brad Garlinghouse? Can we like reputationally ruin him? Not me and you personally, <laughs> but just the freaks. I mean, if we could, we would have already <laughs> collectively. <laughs> but it's so disingenuous. And so, like, do we talk about that? The NYDFS. No. Maybe eventually, well, right, it'll catch up to him, but it just feels like it's just they've lasted so much longer than I expected. They're just so good at the, you know, at the regulatory capture play and just like the revolving door of like bringing in lobbyists and shit. They're just so good at it. They're pros. It's just I, I find it hard to believe that, that they've lasted this oh, long. You see, it's amazing to me. Did you see his, their latest, Brad's latest virtue signal about the environment? No, what's this new one? And this is, dude, you might have to move out of New York State soon. See the NYDFS mandate for climate conscious lending and investment in any company, bank, institution that's under the purview of the NYDFS? What do they have to do? They're bringing like climate wokeness to like investment. Like you have to invest... Uh, not just Bitcoin companies. No, all companies, but cryptocurrency exchanges were singled out in basically a roundabout way of saying, hey, think about proof of work's impact on the environment, which is it's positive. But these people don't understand that. And I have a feeling they'll refuse to understand it, too, to a certain extent. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I'm going to be here for that much longer, but I just don't... Uh... The bigger concern with the NYDFS is is not necessarily just New York centric, right? Is that they are so powerful that it it ends up making waves everywhere else as well, um, and that's yeah. what we saw with the bid license. Woke woke capital leaking into state governance. It's fucking crazy, man. It's astonishing how ignorant these regulators can I be think too. That's, like, that's one thing that you've been on top of this whole time that you're probably absolutely correct about. Uh, 
we were going to get hit so hard about the climate flood. <laughs> like, it's just coming. Like, we have not gotten hit yet. It is. We, we no. get it occasionally from some, like, random blue check on Twitter um, or some, like, random talking point on, like, a random interview. But it's going to get hard and fast. Like, they're just going to start hitting us about it. It's white. Man the walls, freaks. <laughs> Step up. Get the content ready. Get the facts ready. We're doing our best here at RHR, TFTC, Marty's Bend, at Great American Mining. We're going to work hard to get in front of this narrative, too, but it is coming like a freight train. The screeching is only going to get louder from here. And so is the clamping down on your ability to use Bitcoin in an in a sovereign, non-custodial fashion, especially if you are in the Netherlands where uh, a Dutch exchange is now making you verify addresses. And they're doing this because they're being told to by the government. So you have to uh, basically verify that you own uh, an external address that you send your Bitcoin to from uh, the exchange. So just basically a creeping of the travel rule. Uh, So this is actually not even... Uh, travel rule yet this is aml d5 uh which basically the yeah same i mean thing. the way europe handled it aml d5 is like it's a your eu law um but each individual member country can enforce it how they choose to enforce it um and they can choose which organization in their country does it so for some reason the netherlands chose the central bank which i it's just an interesting distinction that they chose them to to handle it um and the central bank ruled that you have to verify these addresses. Um, and this is something that we have talked about in the past per the travel rule and other regulations is that this is the natural progression that we see it going in um, where like these companies are able to basically take the liability off of themselves by making you promise them that this is your address Um and then that way they can just put all the blame on you, whatever happens after that. They know that's your address and then anything that happens after that um, is on you instead of like you having some like quasi plausible deniability when you withdraw. And this seems like the natural precursor before you just completely block out self-custody altogether. One interesting thing yes. to keep in mind is that the cool part about Bitcoin is that you can trustlessly verify ownership of an address um, by signing a message. It's a super cool feature that allows you to, without a third party, prove ownership of funds um, that wasn't possible before. Uh, but they're not using that. They just want you to take a screenshot. So, uh, <laughs> no, the blog post says or by signing. No, but they actually they they'll just take a screenshot, right? Yeah, they will take Which a screenshot crazy. by requesting you to upload a screenshot from your wallet or signing a message. Hilarious. We understand that these additional measures cause nuisance for our customers, and we do not agree with the measures involved, measures ourselves. So this is uh, bitonic.nl. Um, therefore, we offer the opportunity to formally object to these additional measures in registration of this data. We will soon release a custom for intended specifically for this purpose. For the time being, you are invited to send complaints to privacy at bitonic.nl so good on bitonic for pushing back at least they don't like this either and none of these i mean look as this happens like in the beginning there'll be some companies that bend the knee and think it's for their greater good to just comply but ultimately it's going to kill all these guys businesses like it's just it's just hurting yeah. them and helping 
the bad people. Just let the good entrepreneurs build good products and law-abiding citizens use those products. And you know what? Let them uh, preserve their privacy and their freedom to interact with others along the way. How about that? How about that, Matt? Can we just get that? Is that possible in 2020? No, or are we getting the Great we're Reset? Getting in 2020. Are we getting the Great well, Reset? Well, ready? The great Reset, and damn right we're getting it. Yeah, Justin Trudeau mentioned the Great Reset by name today, or this week, excuse me. Uh, you had Lori Lightfoot, whatever her name is, in Chicago, mention the New World Order. Are Build these people, back better, Marty. Build back better. We're building back better with Bitcoin freaks. Look around. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm pretty sure your uh, your antennas are tuned to what's going on with this overt power grab by the kleptocratic elite that like to think they run the world. Um, but yeah. The New World Order wants to build back better uh, to initiate their Great Reset or see the Great Reset through. So be aware. It's a communist view of the future where you won't own any property, but you'll be happy. Uh, you'll be eating bugs. What the bugs. fuck is with that, and man? That is crazy. What did that come <laughs> That came out from... 2016. The World Economic Forum or whatever uh, posted that. Yeah. Right? They're the, the big perpetrators of the Great Reset. Just accept it, freaks. You know what? Get your COVID-19 flu shot, whatever it is. Smoke your vape pen. Just close your fucking eyes. Go to sleep. So they're going to start... The vaccination passports are coming. Yeah. When I said that we had a very short time to travel, like a year ago, didn't mean this short. You weren't joking. You didn't... You didn't think it would happen yeah. as quickly? I'm glad I traveled as much as I did, but I did not travel enough. Yeah. And guess what? We're just on to the section of news that makes us angry. Chain analysis is double dipping in contracts. They launch an asset realization program for government agencies and insolvency practitioners. Do you stop because of me? Is this basically help? Is this just like, I'm just trying to gauge what this product is. Oh, helping. okay. So find stolen bitcoin well the hand movements i was making is because my dog is like growling at me from outside of the door um the chain analysis basically is at first they help the governments seize the assets and then they will help them manage their seized assets and sell them for them and do that whole process so you know we were talking about earlier about perverse incentives um which happened all throughout our government we have tons of perverse incentives it's one of the reasons why our governments are so broken um, but now you have this perverse incentive here for chain analysis, just another one. So first the perverse incentive was chain analysis, uh, lobbied governments to, to get them to, to make exchanges and services, uh, use their service to begin with. Then they got, gave contracts directly to the governments to help them seize assets. And now once they seize the assets, they will take a VIG, uh, to help them unload those assets. For the greater good of Bitcoin, I'll tell you, too. Fuck them. Yeah, yeah. Right? And I've met with some employees at Chainalysis, and I like them, personally. But from a company mission perspective, again, what the fuck? Like, you're just just sucking teat. These governments are not good, either. Like, they don't bring good to the world. They just subjugate their citizens and let the criminals get away. Fuck these people. Chain analysis, if you're working there, what are you guys doing? Come on. Binance is suing Forbes, by the way. Uh, we got to be careful what we say about <laughs> Binance. Yeah. What if Forbes released a p- 
apparently what was an internal doc that described how they evaded international regulators and were able to, um, which in my book, I uh, call that innovation. Yeah. Right. And say they're distributed. So basically the blueprints that allow them to geographically and jurisdictionally position themselves to, uh, remain somewhat inoculated by regulators around the world. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's about using like holding companies and shell companies and shit, which is what we know about all of these businesses. And especially in the Bitcoin world, you know, if you want to innovate, that's kind of how you would have to handle it. Um, if you're a centralized company. Um, so, I mean, it's kind of fucked up on, on the, on the part of the Forbes writers for not only did they expose all this, but they were kind of like asking for regulators to get involved. You know, they were kind of like being tattletales, <laughs> they're like ratting them out. So that's kind of fucked up in my mind, but also like, fuck you, Binance, for suing them, right? Snitches get legal stitches. Snitches you know? get sued. Like, just does not have the same kind of ring to it. <laughs> it does not. Um, U.S. military is buying precise location data from, from third-party apps, so be aware. One of the, it's a it, Muslim prayer app with over 98 million Yeah, this downloads. article is mostly Muslim, anti-Muslim focused. Um, yeah, like Quran apps and shit and like an app that shows you which, which direction is Mecca because you need to pray in that direction. Um, and this is just another example why, you know, free open source software that's not designed to just track everything you do. Um, and just on the simple note, you know, don't install as many apps on your phone. Um, be careful what permissions you give to apps, turn off location. They might not actually turn it off, but you can at least click the button it's better than not clicking it. Be directionally aware so you know where Mecca is and you don't need an app to help you find it, you know? Like, is, the, uh, like the good old days. <laughs> right? Yeah. You think your grandfathers were using apps to find Mecca? But it, I don't the think big so. one is usually the weather apps because the weather apps, you know, ask for location so they can tell you what the weather is in your current location. So like really yeah. people... Even if you don't want to go full tilt, like I recommend to go graphene, uh, at least just disable location on your phone. Disable location. You can just toggle it off. If you need to use like a GPS or something, then I guess toggle it on for that moment in time when you do it and then toggle it off. Just usually have location disabled. It's like the single easiest improvement you can make that, and does have a significant improvement there. Yes. Do not get tracked by these third parties. They're tracking. You will still get tracked. We've warned but you. You've been reduce warned. the tracking by that, doing that. Yes. Yes. Speaking of open source and dope hardware, we mentioned purism earlier in the episode, but we did not talk about Librem Five begin shipping, did we? Right. Yeah. So so purism makes um, my my two favorite uh, Linux computer manufacturers, boutique computer manufacturers, are System Seventy Six and Purism. Purism is more expensive, but they go more hardcore on the privacy side. Um, I, I don't think you can go wrong with either. Uh, but so, but now Purism is also releasing a phone, which has been hyped for a while, um, that they built from the ground up to be privacy conscious and includes their own Linux-based OS on it. Um, so you're not going to be able to use any Android apps or anything like that. Um, I, you know, I think these are nice things to see, but at the end of the day, like you, you're. Unless if you buy it, buy it as a like a fuck around thing. Like don't buy it expecting to have like a really usable phone. I think it's it's still too early there, um, and and 
they're basically just beta testing on customers and they're and like alpha testing, like even pre beta and it's going to be very wonky, but regardless, good to see their shipping. Yeah. I like that. It's, um, I might get a purism computer after all this Apple news. Get a system 76. Bro. All right. Maybe I'll get both. Test them out. It's the closest. It's a good it's rip. The closest like consumer experience I've ever seen on a Linux computer. Really? Yeah, because you know, especially with what we do on the Bitcoin side of things, when you're like trying to stream live and 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 you need like reliable communication tools and stuff. Like with Linux, it's like every day you wake up and there's like another issue that you have to ha- that you have to solve before you can get to work. Um, and the battery life usually fucking sucks. But with, with system 76, like it legit feels, it feels like a proper consumer product. Like I, it feels like something that someone can move from OS X from Mac over to it reasonably. And, and, and actually there's a bunch of UX pros that they might, might enjoy more than Mac. So it's nice. It does, they don't just feel like they're giving up convenience completely in, in the sake of privacy and security. And the hardware is nice. It's okay. just like good quality hardware. You're, com- you're convincing me. You're convincing me. Very happy with it. I Like I said, I have two machines. You're very convincing. This is a quality rep. This is an early rip. Thank you for getting up early, Matthew. I, I was already up. I just... No. I just... I wanted... To, <laughs> I didn't wake up specifically for an 11.30 rip, Marty. Uh, but, you know, if it was a happy hour time rip, like usually then, you know... The freaks would have had more of a a whiskey induced mat than they that they did for this episode, but it was a good rip. I think this I think the cerveza induced cerveza. mat is a good one. Freaks, thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. A lot going on. Bull market may be here. Probably it is, is fucking here, Marty. It's already hard to think. It's only going to get worse from a thinking perspective, the ability to think perspective, uh, as the price gets more volatile. Stay safe out there. Uh, don't make any rash decisions. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for the shout-out. Shout-out to Charles and uh, the students at Baruch College. If you guys are liking this, please subscribe at your local podcasting platform. Leave a review. Tell your friends. I'm trying to get that quality information out. Tell them to sign up for the Bent, the Sat Standard. we got more content on the way. Love you, love you all. Bullish as fuck. We're just getting started. Don't pull your fucking foot off the pedal. Keep stacking. Definitely keep stacking. Peace and love, freaks.